Welcome to the TF Blockchain Podcast, where we interview blockchain, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency innovators actively building products and platforms in this emerging technology. I'm your host and founder of TF Blockchain, Jonathan G. Blanco. TF Blockchain hosts conferences and monthly events in cities across North America, with chapters in Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, Austin, and San Francisco. Our next conference, TF4, will be on November 14th in Seattle. For more information about our monthly chapter events, starting a chapter in your city, or our TF4 conference on November 14th, please visit us at tfblock.io. Wanted to let you know about our recently announced TF Labs, a blockchain and product strategy studio. At TF Labs, we are working with companies through corporate innovation to establish their blockchain product strategy and also building blockchain-focused startups internally. To get involved or for more information, please visit us at tflabs.io. Well, hello, Seattle, uh, TF Blockchain community. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm really excited to have this conversation around hiring and getting hired in blockchain. Um, let's give our speakers a big round of applause and we'll let them introduce themselves after that loud clap. Uh, so Mark, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to, uh, to everybody really quick. Um, sure. <laughs> a little overview. All right. Uh, yeah. Hi, my name is Mark Reiners and um, I'm the Director of Product Management for uh, CoinMe, which is one of the larger uh, Bitcoin ATM network operators uh, in the U.S., most often uh, powering kind of the, the Coinstar green machines that you would see in a lot of the retail locations. Um, my focus really historically was on kind of the mobile app space, mobile servers, on-device, early software, shipping into the Americas, Europe, and Asia-Pacific market on a couple different uh, hardware devices there. Um, we were building the software side. And started with crypto in the early days of Mt. Gox, essentially, when they were uh, up and running. That was kind of my uh, uh, trip to, uh, into the crypto world as kind of a hobby, and now it's kind of been an opportunity to think about that kind of during the day as well, yeah. not just after hours when I kind of got back from, from kind of my uh, day job in uh, software startup product management. Right, right. So cool. it was a really cool opportunity to kind of take a passion and a hobby that I've been following for several years and be able to kind of focus on it during the day as well. Nice, nice. Kevin? Uh, hi, I'm Kevin Wally, Director of uh, Program Management at Bitrix. Um, I've been there for about a year and a half. Um, uh, Bitrix, if you're unaware, is uh, uh, one of the leading cryptocurrency exchanges in the U.S. Um, we also have customers internationally. Um, the um, um, I came to, into cryptocurrency and into, into Bitrix um, really from um, networking within my peer group and um, got it like I was, you know, in, interested in the cryptocurrency space. Um, but um, got introduced to uh, folks that were working at Bitrix and they were looking to build a program management team and I was excited to come and do that. So that's how I started at, at Bitrix. Thanks. Tier? Okay. Uh, my name is Tier. Uh, I'm the VP of Engineering uh, of uh, ArcBlock. In ArcBlock, we are building the uh, uh, framework for decentralized applications. So the framework called Forge, which uh, for now, uh, you developers can can download and try it yourself. Issue your own chain, uh, uh, build toy uh, applications. Build your own chain. Yeah. Uh, like nice with those tools. Yeah. And Tavon. <coughs> Hi, I'm Tavon Cosmos. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Guide. 
uh, a uh, life skills based app for uh, high school students, uh, basically created in Bytes, uh, which is um, 30 to one minute uh, long. And also I am with uh, TF uh, Labs, so I'm here having a good time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Kevin, you talked about networking. Networking is such a big part of you know getting a job, you know getting hired, um, and especially a big job part if you know in this nascent space of of blockchain. Um, you know, you said you got into this through your peer group. I'd love to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that and see if you have any tips for um, you know the folks in this room. Sure. Um, you know, I think where I would where I would start is that. Um, as we go through our careers and we meet folks, we, we learn, the th we, we kind of collect our people around us, um, like the people you've loved working with, the people you've been most excited by, the people who've like drawn, like drawn the most passion out of you. I, and I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just want to say, like, um, I love that you say that because I have this rule <laughs> when I meet people or I work with people, I'm like, I would love to work with you. I would never work with you again. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, it, it can be quite, it can be very binary. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and for me, like, it's, I have a, a more different, a, a slight spin on that, which is, like, every place I've worked, I've, like, imagined, like, okay, if I left this job tomorrow, who do I want to bring with me? For sure. It's kind of a lifeboat thing. Like, if I'm yeah. going to go start my next company, who do I want as my CTO? Like, if I'm going to go start my next company, who do I want as the core development group that's going to help build this out? Who do I want as my marketer? Who do I want as my uh, program management team? And, like, and, like, those people are the people that are constantly in my head. So when I go to my next job and I'm looking to hire, they're the first people I call. Um, totally agree me on that. And like you know, you know specifically that we're talking here about blockchain. Um, you know, there's there's nothing magical about new technology. Like every every one of those people that's on that list for me are people who I think could come into this space, learn it, understand it, and then apply it to whatever problems we're trying to solve on behalf of our customer base. And so like you know, if if somebody introduces me to somebody who's like amazing, you know a blockchain engineer that knows all these things about, you know, Bitcoin or whatever. I'm like, cool. But like, are, are they good to work with? Like yeah. how, like what's, what's that relationship going to be like? Is this somebody that I want to spend like my nights, like my, my days and my nights, like working with to deliver something awesome? Are they, right. are we going to build a partnership or not? Um, so to me, those are more important than the actual tech skills, the, the, the capability of, of those individuals. than it is like, then like, um, you know, a lot of the other, th other like, um, things that people put as those line items on the resume. Right, and then the, the capacity and the ability to be able to, to to mold and learn learn with that, right? Exactly. Anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, I think it comes down to communication. If you can communicate very well, yeah. uh, you'll definitely create a good product. Uh, most people, I think, they um, join a team and just don't know what to do. Uh, you have all this loaded information in your head and how do you really Externalize this information so that it's actually making sense. So. Well, and the tr I mean, maybe where that comes up for me is like if you're doing anything interesting, it's probably something nobody's done before. Yeah. Right. And therefore, it doesn't really matter that you knew how to do X, Y, and Z before. We're doing something completely different. Yeah. So we have to learn to communicate. We have to talk, like understand the scenario. We have to like work together to build something that's never been before. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, what I find really fascinating about the space overall is every day I'm either working with or negotiating with the smartest people I've ever met. You know what I mean? Like the, just mm -hmm. the, the, 
the way you have to think with this, it's not that it's you know rocket science, but there's just one extra layer to everything, right? So like starting, what I always say, um, I actually have this talk that I do, it's called um, blockchain product management. And what it is is essentially like, hey, all the steps that you need to go through as a product manager and like, you know, uh, finding the pain point and, you know, finding validating and so forth, just the product management steps. And then it's like, okay, now we start introducing like this whole, like, does this need blockchain element, right? And you have like basically three or four more steps after you build your normal regular company. And so with that, you know, you, know, you have to find people that have that type of capacity. Um, so uh, Tier, you, uh, I know that you guys are hiring. I'd love to, and maybe we can just run down like rapid fire. What are, what are you hiring for? Um, and then that'll bring some context to uh, what we're talking about as well. So you're yeah, the VP of engineering, so mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're hiring some engineers. I, yeah, we're hiring engineers, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, um, we, we have a team in uh, Bellevue. We have a team in Beijing and Shanghai and Shenzhen. Uh, so uh, we are actually actively hiring engineers uh, in all those locations. If you are interested, um, you can just send your resume to us. For, for us, the, uh, uh, we, do, uh, we don't care much about how, uh, uh, how much uh, your past experience in uh, blockchain because we, we know in the market uh, there's a few people Very have limited. Uh, yeah, 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 past experience uh, regarding blockchain. But you, you need to have a, a passion. You really want to, to uh, be an engineer in this industry. So our, uh, like, uh, one of our interview question or, or the coding test is that uh, we give you um, uh, a specific blockchain technology. Uh, you just uh, write, write some code, implement uh, that piece of part. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. very interesting. That, that al also shows how much you, you, you want to be in this industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Kevin and, and Mark, you might agree with this, what I'm about to say, but uh, you know, I think really across um, uh, roles in a blockchain company is you kind of have to think like a product manager, right? And like, it's all about the way you formulate and break down questions. I like to give this example of this one time I was talking with someone um, about doing some contract work for me. And I was asking her these questions and she got every single question wrong, every single one. And um, you know, I could tell that she was a little frustrated by that. Um, but I was like, hey, the way you break down and you formulate um, your answers and your responses lets me know that when you understand the concepts, you're gonna really excel. So I actually don't care that every single question you answered was wrong. I care that you know how to formulate and break down questions mm -hmm. because once you understand the technology or what we're trying to do here, um, it, it, it's gonna be, uh, a lot easier for us to continue to move forward. So, definitely. Yeah. So, um, when when you think about hiring, you know, I'd love to kind of let, let's let's frame this from you know your points of view from your, yourselves getting hired into the space, and then let's you know because we're talking about hiring and getting hired. So, when you're thinking about hiring, what are the things? Or sorry, getting hired for yourselves, and you got in, in, whether it be this role or other roles. What are some ways that you think that you've been able to apply your existing skill sets or the things that you've worked on in the past in the past and relate it to blockchain or to uh, you know finance for that matter or crypto? Hmm. How about I just take that one right now? Go for <coughs> Since it. I was already starting about uh, I, I already started about that earlier. 
so before I before I actually thought about learning blockchain or learning about blockchain, um, I wasn't aware about blockchain, but I knew about cryptocurrency prior. And so uh, at GE, they were trying to solve problems related to blockchain, but then um, I had an opportunity to basically be in one of the conference or the, uh, what do you call, sort of like an event. And yeah, one of the most interesting thing was we were talking about key exchange and stuff like that, and I got interested. So anyone who took computer science know about key exchange, right? Uh, public key and stuff like that, pu public private keys. So uh, from there, then I just went and um, read more about blockchain, like I said earlier, and uh, kind of like dove in, not too much into the rabbit hole, but enough that I knew I could possibly do something with the information, like use my engineering skills to be able to build something and actually kind of like say, hmm, I think I got this blockchain thing a little bit uh, down. Uh, but then, finding the job is now the problem, right? Yeah. So, because at that time, there's really no one who has five years of experience of blockchain, not even now, right? Like maybe now, of course. But then... <laughs> but very few. Very, very few, very yeah. few, yeah. There's like, you know, a couple people that have that experience. So, and, and the thing about blockchain is that it's really not that hard. It's just that if you know how to solve problems, you can solve a problem with the blockchain. And uh, so, yeah, the first time I met uh, Joe and you know, he told me about their technology and I was telling him about all these other things that could be done in blockchain. He was like, oh, we have to talk, right? So just like that, and then you, you know, have an interview. Uh, but I think the best way to get prepared is to look into the source code, code sorry, uh, if you are a developer. But if you want to be a product manager, uh, you need to understand how products can be built around blockchain, right? And he does a good job about that, so I, I will not touch that at all. <laughs> uh, but really, it's all about understanding what product you want to build and also what really excites you about the technology itself. Yeah. And where did you meet Joe, by the way? At Token Forum, uh, what do you call it? Uh, TF Auction? TF yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shameless <Oops. laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. But yeah. you did meet him there, right? Oh, I did meet him there, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, no. yeah, I, yeah, he has to like iterate that twice, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just <laughs> to, to riff on that for a bit, like the, you know, Bitrix we're hiring, and like we've got, we've got folks that do core blockchain work. Like they're the people who are dealing with the blockchain wallets that are doing the integrations of the new tokens onto our platform. Like we've got 250 plus tokens that we exchange. It means that's like 250, you know, some odd blockchain, like not all of them are mainnet blockchains. There's a lot of them that are ERC-20 based, and so there's not a lot of dev work to do there, frankly. Um, but you know, a lot of the mainnets there are. So that takes like some specific knowledge of each blockchain, and you have to be able to like learn that specific blockchain and understand its its um, its intricacies and how to interact with it and like the ongoing mainnets. But really where a lot of that work comes down to is not actually the development, it's the ongoing relationship with those token teams. Mm -hmm. Like they're gonna ship updates there and you need to integrate them. Like so can you build a good relationship with that external third party like dev that's on the other side of that conversation and make sure that you can like as they push updates, con like have that conversation and like um, understand what the changes are and integrate them quickly and understand what goals they're trying to accomplish with that change and give feedback. And so, like, a lot of it's the soft skills of engineering mm -hmm. that really make you successful in that space. Okay. And then there's everything else around the business. Like, blockchain's just one part. It's an enabling technology, but we still have a website with login. We still have APIs that people mm -hmm. are hitting to trade. Yeah. We still have scalability. We still have, like, all the things you have to hit, but, like, you know, in our business, we have a, like, massive scalability. Like, we have 
24-7 uptime and people rely on us being up and like downtime costs us money. It costs our customers money. And so like there's, it raises the bar and so that raises the bar on our engineering hiring. So if we're looking for back-end engineers, they've got to be really, really good. Like yeah. if we're looking for front engineers, they've got to be really good, good, really good front engineers. But they, those folks don't necessarily have to know blockchain. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have to be able to absorb the the context and the the space, but and be able to apply their skills in that space. But they don't have to know like what the wallet. Yeah, they just need to understand APIs really. As right. long as they understand APIs, they'll be right. fine. Yeah, and so when I look at the dev interviews that we do for those folks and the hiring that we do in for like, you know, frankly, the vast majority of our, our roles, it's a lot of standard software engineering, like it, it's what you would expect at a big company looking for really great devs to come in. Same yeah. thing for the PM side when we're hiring for PM. I'm, you know, if somebody comes in and they know the blockchain space, that's great, but I'm really gonna focus more on, are you a great product manager? Are you a for great sure. program manager? More than like, how much do you know about the blockchain space? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, a lot of times when people are new to the space or they're thinking about a startup they want to do, is like, I want to build a blockchain app, right? And so, like, I need to find blockchain engineers. Like, you're not even at that point yet, yep. right? Like, you still need to build just the one, the product ideation and the validation first, yeah. and then build your non-blockchain aspects of the product before you can even consider, you know, taking in, you know, what that would look like. Right? Yeah. May I add something really quickly on that? Um, when building, when Thinking about blockchain, there's a platform, but then, but then there's uh, what do you call smart contracts. I don't know if you thought about smart contracts. Smart contracts mm -hmm. is that code that runs on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So that's another layer that uh, needs you know developers. So you could be sort of like the application developer that builds this smart contract that does these mm -hmm. magic things on uh, what do you call on the blockchain. So that's another thing to think about. No. Yeah, uh, just to to kind of add on to that. I mean. Um, to your point, I think there's there's a lot of questions about the blockchain and different competing technology stacks and stuff like that, but when you get into the nuts and bolts of the SDKs and stuff, certain blockchains are going to be built on different programming languages. And so then you kind of get into the, well, what are you most comfortable with, right? Are you a C-sharp developer? Are you a C++ developer? Do you want to learn Solidity? And then you sort of go, oh, well, if I'm doing C-sharp, Neo is an interesting blockchain to build on top of. If it's C++, something like EOS, and you know, if it's Ethereum, it's Solidity. But it's kind of, I think, coming back to the, either you kind of come in with a bunch of different programming languages that you're really comfortable with and want to build on top of and just apply in the blockchain space, or you're kind of coming in saying you're familiar with sort of software development concepts and best practices, and it's just a really steep learning curve, and you just love that part about it as well, where I think, um, learning how to learn a new SDK or technology is kind of one of those universal skills that a lot of the startups and even bigger companies will say, okay, even if you're not coming in with X years of crypto experience, if you can dive into any GitHub repo and start digesting, you know, how the API was designed, improve it, build upon it, that sort of thing, um, I think that goes a long way too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think... Uh Self-learning is very important for uh, getting uh, for being hired, and another very important part is uh, uh, you need to uh, uh, somehow to extend your your influence circle. Like this is my personal experience after my uh, failure after my first startup. I cannot find enough uh, good engineers, uh, so the product is uh, slowly being built. Uh, so after that failure, I, I, I think as an engineer, I cannot uh, 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 um, 
hire enough good engineers because those good engineers uh, don't recognize me. They, they don't know me. Uh, if I go out for networking, they still don't, uh, when, when they think about uh, getting a job uh, as a, a small startup company, they, they probably don't want to, to go. So I, I then think maybe I, I could write, uh, because I, I have a good tech background, I could write uh, articles, I, I write bl blogs. So in, the, in uh, two, three years, I, I write over uh, like 500 posts and get a lot of attraction, uh, especially in, in China. Uh, so uh, I, I got um, uh, 50K followers in, in my major social uh, media account. I, I published a book. So uh, although the initial idea is for my next startup, how I can hire uh, engineers uh, as easy as possible, but that also uh, does uh, good for my own career. So from then on, uh, every next job I got is I, I never uh, actively looking for a job. Uh, people are just uh, uh, coming to me and and uh, offer uh, some jobs to me. So uh, I, I mentioned this because in in your in the very beginning of your career, uh, you you may need to think about this uh, because this uh, kind of influence you need to spend years to build. Uh, writing uh, articles, uh, uh, publishing open source projects in GitHub, and um, things like that is, uh, every engineer can, can do that. Initially, you may do, do things uh, bad. You may write uh, articles that nobody wants to read, but gradually you will uh, get uh, better and better, and then, okay. yeah, you will get Yeah, I love that you said self-learning. I, I think that's so important, and you know, I, I know a lot. Everybody here has done that for themselves, right? And that's what's put them in the in the position they are is really that self learning. Uh, you know, for me, I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, I was there. There's basically been four times in my life where I've decided to go without salary and try to just really dive deep into something and you know figure it out. And every single time I've done it, I've come out the other end with you know a lot more confidence. I've come at like a, a more interesting salary range afterwards, and then a much more interesting title. And um, you know, it's just this, it's just, it's not like I was intentional about it, it just so happened that I was at the evolution in my career, kind of like, you know, what you're talking about, where I would do my own self-independent study, and I was like, oh wow, like I, I need to just try to figure this out really quick. So, um, you know, I, I, it, there's lots of opportunities out there to do independent stuff. You know, like there's lots of like lessons and, and like IBM has different blockchain courses or, mm -hmm. you know, if, literally if you just search, you know, how do I do X on YouTube blockchain, there's probably going to be something that comes up, you know, listening to interesting podcasts and so forth, mm -hmm. um, networking at different events. Um, so when we think about from a uh, now, you know, the flip side, you know, we're talking about like, you know, what you have all done. What do you think? What are you looking for? And we touched on that a little bit. But what are you looking for in candidates um, uh, in this space? You know, uh, Kevin, you had mentioned you know the way of breaking down problems and understanding. But um, you know, what are really those X factors that you're looking for? At least in in the in the job recs or in the in the framework that you're in. Or Mark, or who wants to answer? I guess kind of handle that one. Um, I, I would say for, from from kind of the, the, the coin me uh, side of things, 
it's kind of split because we have sort of two different groups. We have kind of the, the engineering team, which is recruiting for back-end and front-end developers, and kind of the, the back-end APIs and how do we scale to processing um, several transactions at a time from all these different sources and then get meaningful data back out to help drive product decisions. So there's sort of the classic, you know, cloud computing, big data, data analysis challenge that I think every company now with doing a lot of transactions is kind of facing. Um, the other piece is actually private client services, which is where um, you kind of have a, a, a uh, advisor who can help onboard you if you're an institution or above a certain investment amount. And so uh, the folks on that side of the company are coming more from sort of private wealth management, financial advisor type or Wall Street kind of backgrounds where you're working a lot with clients and a lot of it is also taking our customers along and kind of walking them through this onboarding the crypto. I mean, whether you do it through an ATM and a bunch of UX screens or you kind of do it over the phone and kind of walk someone through how to onboard a new account and eventually with the idea of depositing fiat currency, onboarding the crypto and then being able to, you know, um, transact on an exchange such as Bittrex, that sort of thing. Um, it's really kind of this, how do you get on board the cryptocurrency ecosystem? And then we have sort of these two distinct tracks, if you will, sort of wealth management, um, financial advisor folks, it's called private client services. And then the other side is kind of the core uh, CoinMe engineering team. And so that's the kind of classic cloud computing engineering skills. Where the nice to have really is the crypto piece, because if folks are reading about that in their free time and kind of come in, up to speed. Um, it, it helps a little bit when you start approaching the solutioning. And so I would say that it's a nice to have, not a must have, X years of crypto experience, yeah. but it definitely helps when you walk in day one and you're interacting with an engineering team and they're like, oh, you understand crypto. Okay, I don't have to right. explain the basics of public key cryptography and blockchains mm -hmm. and smart contracts yeah. and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You can kind of just hit the ground running, yeah. which at least for the smaller startups and probably some of the small to mid-sized businesses is just an awesome um, advantage is day one, you can be like, yep, I'm, on, I'm ramped up on this stuff. I can hit the ground running. I think it just helps. Um, yeah, and I'd add that you know, that usually leads to at least some level of passion, right? If there's like an interest in it, there's a level of passion, which means if there's like a level of interest and level of passion and that's the domain space, you know, you're probably likely to retain that person a little bit longer mm -hmm. than someone that's just floating through, right? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that when I spoke earlier, I, I made it sound like we don't care if you know anything about the blockchain. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Um, <laughs> The, um, you know, but I think there's like different roles need a different set of um, like skills that I think what you're alluding to, like, you know, we have a uh, technical account management team that handle our high value accounts, like the people like our, um, that, you know, some of our um, larger traders or we work with other exchanges, we look with other, we work with other um, companies who are building products on top of our platform. And so those technical account managers need to have a good grasp of, um, the, the business that those customers are in have to have a good grants, grasp of the um, financial services industry and, and then also understand blockchain as well. But like it's for them, it's more important to understand those skills for a technical account manager to serve those clients probably more than blockchain. Yeah. Whereas like a, a front-end engineer who's working on our core product needs to understand like the the blockchain insofar and, and the, the cryptocurrency space insofar as that like they need to understand our users. like 
Why is somebody coming to our platform to use our product? Why are they trading? What are they, what are they hoping to accomplish? And there it's, it's not so much about the blockchain, but it's actually more about the trading space. And like, yeah. you know, like, cause there are a lot of our core clients. It's like core, the, hu core the human psychology, yeah. they call it behind blockchain. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think or about the trading. Well, yeah, a lot of folks are coming into trading now. Like, you know, there's the, the original, like the OGs in crypto who got into it, were interested and started trading, but weren't really traders. But now the world's changed. A lot of people are trading cryptocurrency are like hardcore traders. Yeah, hedge, like hedge funds. Hedge funds, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And like they've got strategies and they're trying to deploy on our site. And we have to understand, well, they don't need just basic order types, they need advanced order types. What yeah. do those look like? What are they trying to accomplish with their bots that are trading against our API? Like what's gonna help them? And then what's also gonna protect our other sets of users? Like what sort of controls and, and um, mitigations you have to have to have in place to protect our users as well because as a platform that wants to be fair to all of our users like there's there's a lot to think about in that space and so um and our devs have to like get an understanding of that because if they don't know that they don't know why we're building a particular feature they don't yeah. and you know what i found in my career is that the more your team understands your customer the better product you build because people like i feel like the the role of product management and program management is to find the best idea in the room. And oftentimes the best idea in the room comes from the developer who's working on the feature. Because they'll see something that you didn't see. Mm -hmm. they'll, like, they'll see something that you never would have thought about. They'll know, they'll know an application of a technology that you like thought might be interesting but threw it away early on in your process. And they're like, no, 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 you should totally do this because this would solve the problem in half the time. Yeah. Very interesting. So for engineers, uh, how many want to be a blockchain engineer, so just developers? Couple? So uh, I recommend a book. I think that would get you with uh, cryptography pretty fast. It's called Practical Cryptography. And uh, that book really gives you a quick dive into cryptography and basically implement some of the ideas around cryptography faster. Um, that would get you a lot, uh, that would get you in the place you want to be. Any other book recommendations while we're out there? Uh, I've got a report called Unchained, uh, which uh, some of the content are in Chinese, but some are in English, which uh, I summarized uh, a lot of different technologies like uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, US, uh, and our own technology. And uh, this uh, slide is being used for, for various situations like uh, in the a month ago, there's a IEEE Pacific Rim in uh, Victoria U University. Uh, I gave a same speech. Um, um, I used the slide to give give the speech um, on that. So if you are interested in, in uh, blockchain, you want to grasp uh, the ideas behind uh, uh, Bitcoin, like uh, how really UTXO works, uh, how really uh, for Ethereum the uh, Merkle Patricia tree works. Uh, you can um, uh, download that and, and read it. Nice, nice. So we we talked kind of generally about you know the skills needed to excel in this industry. Curious if there's um, you know some traits uh, like specific traits or specific type of um, prior roles you think that kind of uh, <coughs> migrate well towards this space. I mean, if you're an API developer, great. RESTful <laughs> API, yeah. 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 Anything else like that stands out? 
I, I think uh, if you have solid uh, backend uh, background, uh, that will help a lot. If you previously working on the networking industry, like uh, you, you work on router, you know those routing protocols, you're working on firewall, you know how the security, uh, how uh, traffic is handled by the, uh, those security devices, uh, that will be uh, very helpful. Uh, if you uh, if you build services um, um, uh, like uh, you, you you know uh, how the concurrency works how the actor model how CSP in Golang works that will also help a lot uh, for understanding uh, for being a, a better engineer in the blockchain world yeah, down there um. I would say that um, ha having done a couple different uh, mobile apps with uh, pre 1.0 SDK releases, such <laughs> as uh, doing mobile apps with React Native, uh, as an example, um, just being comfortable with SDKs that are potentially getting updates or or breaks between releases, and on a you know the the tools are still maturing and stabilizing. And I think just being comfortable with that and saying, you know what, the SDK just went from version 50 to 51 and they broke everything or re-architected this certain feature. Just, um, I think, being comfortable with the fact that it's the early kind of wild west of all this stuff is moving parts and we're trying to get to, you know, established, mature dev and test environments, but they're changing so quickly. I found that a lot of the developers love that part or they hate that part. And it's kind of just, you know, um, are you looking to work in IDEs that have had 10 years of QA behind them or something that's just changing really rapidly because stuff is constantly breaking and being fixed? And I think it's kind of a little bit of a personal preference, right? That level of shifting landscape under your feet and being able to build on top of that because you're building a building while the ground is kind of still being solidified under you and some folks are kind of comfortable and excited by that and others may be a little bit more frustrated because the tools just haven't hit 1.0 release yet. Um, so I think just being aware of that with some of the blockchain technology or emerging cross-platform mobile stuff that I was working on historically, it's all evolving so quickly that unless you're constantly learning about the new changes and updates and the implications, just be good at learning new stuff and if you're not bored by learning new things and love the challenge, then you see it as a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would totally second that. I was like the thing that I was thinking about was being comfortable with ambiguity, but I yeah. think you nailed it a little bit more specifically than I would have because like there's so much ambiguity in the space and so much change. Yeah. And it's I think, you know, you spoke to the APIs mark and like the the like the like daily activity of like writing code. Mm -hmm. That's throughout the whole, like the whole job. Like the like regulations are shifting, they're uncertain. And so what we're working on today could wildly change based on a regulation change tomorrow. Sure. Um, you know, the, um, the market itself is shifting. The demand for what was, you know, in, in vogue and in demand yesterday is not the same as today. And it's shifting, I think, faster in this blockchain ecosystem than it is anywhere else right now. Yeah. So that ambiguity, like you know, up leveling it, like it's it's, it's yeah. the SDKs, it's the market, it's the yeah. regulatory environment, it's the legal environment, it's all of it. It's yeah. just 
it is so uncertain. And like, I, I totally agree with you that there's a lot of opportunity in that. And, and to build on that a little bit, I mean, I use the SDK example just kind of with a with a more uh, developer-centric audience mm -hmm. that yeah, that'll know, like, example. hey, you yeah. you read the SDK and you did a binary break of a bunch of stuff that yeah. used to compile. Yeah. Um, so I've seen that firsthand when working with engineering teams. But that comfor um, being comfortable with ambiguity that cuts across marketing, finance, accounting operations, right? It's almost like everybody who's working in this ecosystem, yeah. the regulatory environment could change next week when the SEC <laughs> signs a different tax yeah. treatment. Yep. And it's like, hey, we kind of have to go with the flow yep. on, on that, but it doesn't really matter if you're in the code or the compliance officer or the accountant or the finance officer, there's all these moving parts that you are just comfortable with that ambiguity. And I think it kind of touches upon any of the roles or functions that people in the industry are facing right now, because yeah. it's changing on essentially a monthly basis with yeah, the so true. environment might be for accounting, reporting, financial compliance, regulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that was I, the side I was gonna get to, is I, I think if you have an understanding of finance, uh, like even just like managing like a P&L, right? And starting thinking about that um, when you start understanding more about blockchain like oh okay there, you know what we're talking about is exchange of value right and then the other um, uh, subset or, or call it vertical that I think uh, can adopt um, this type of thinking really well is anybody that's ever worked in two-sided marketplaces um, for, because of the exchange of value between participants right so um, when you think about what a lot of these cryptocurrencies or tokenization or you think of in-network currency it's about you know, if there's multiple participants in a network, how do they exchange the value? Um, and then how do you get back to that value or how do you um, call it the record management of it after the fact? And so, you know, if you have worked, I don't know, in e-commerce or if you've worked in, in some sort of company that has a marketplace type element to it where there's, a t you know, two sides of that, and you think about like, hey, if this person has one thing and they need this type of service, how does that interact? Um, I think you have a high capacity to really understand how uh, blockchain works. So um, I'd love to, I, I have a feeling there's gonna be lots of questions, so I'd love to allow a little bit more time for questions than normal. Um, who has a question out there? Yeah. Can, oh, sorry, no, no, you're, I was pointing at you. But can you say it super loud so we record it? Um, a lot of the things you said are, are sort of like standard software engineering jobs. Is there anything that's particularly unique? I mean, I've never worked at a company where you had the luxury of stable SDKs or stable, right? Like, what's different about blockchain? I guess uh, I mentioned earlier cryptography. So, like, that practical cryptography is actually a really uh, huge part of blockchain because, you know, it's chained with hashes. Uh, so understanding how cryptography works could help you in terms of like building a solution or a platform. But if you're looking into building uh, a, a, an application on top of the blockchain, now that becomes a different story because it becomes a DApps, which is a decentralized application. Um, you have to design your smart contracts in a different way that differ from the way you actually design code. Well, similar, but the way the approach is a lot different from how you do it. Um, I think maybe the thing that I probably should have highlighted this, this for us, having a solid security background is can be very, very valuable. Um, you know, we talked about blockchain a lot, but like 
you know, for a crypto trading exchange, you're, we're securing people's funds, and we're doing we're, we're securing a lot of people's funds, and they have to trust us. And so we have to make sure that we have a great security posture, we, that we don't get hacked, that we don't have a threat vector that like mm -hmm. can be exploited easily. And that, like, so I think folks that have um, backgrounds in security, that have backgrounds in cryptography, um, that have um, startup experience where they've had to deal with the sort of ambiguity that we've talked about, um, those are like unicorns in this space. Like if you like, if you find that person, cool, send them my way, please. Um, because like, but you know, not, not everybody's going to be that person. So I think that's why I like. And when thinking about coming here, I was thinking, like, well, you know, yeah, it'd be easy to be like, well, you should learn this blockchain and know this stuff. But, you know, the truth be told, when I look around the people that I work with every day and the people that have made us successful, they're folks that learn most of the blockchain like stuff on the on the job. A lot of them, not everybody. I mean, like when you talk to that core wallet team, like the people who are integrating our wallets, they really have to know the blockchain very well because it's not like they're dealing with one specific blockchain. You know, one week they're integrating, you know. Like, you know, we, we just launched um, Hedera, Hedera Hashgraph. Like, you know, one week, like, they're working on something like that, which is very, very different than any other blockchain. It's not even really a blockchain. And the next week, they're working on something that's, you know, a lot like Bitcoin. The next week, they're working on, you know, IOTA or something else. Like, and so, like, that, like, knowing the blockchain and really understanding what each of these teams are trying to accomplish with their tech and diving into it and understanding it is important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's not everything. And like you can't build a successful company if that's all you have. You've got to have great front end engineers. You've got to have great back end engineers. You've got to have great security folks. You've got to have great support folks. And so that's the thing that I wanted to highlight, I guess. And so you're right that it's not like that different than a lot of startups. Um, maybe one of the differences is that like when we hire folks, we have to really trust them, and I trust them to a degree that we that at your typical startup you don't have to trust because like the like for us in particular, and I think you guys as well, like we're dealing with financial, like, we're, like there's there's a lot, you have to really trust those people. So that's why like the networking part was, I think, important. Like there's lots of friends and family that joined the company first before we started reaching out and hiring other people that were not known quantities. They were people that we worked with in the past because we could trust them. Like we know that like we can give that person access to prod because we know that they're not gonna, like, the, I mean, we obviously have all these controls in place to make sure yeah. that it's yada yada, but like, you just have to trust the people you're working with. And like that, I think is something that maybe I, uh, maybe is the one of the most important things there. Because um, when, when I think about the people we work with, it's all those technical skills as well, but you've really got to trust people to not only deliver, but also you can trust to like protect your users. So for, for, for us, it's simple. It's uh, the vision of the founder. So the founder decides which direction we want to pursue. And uh, we build this core technology. But in front of this core technology, we talk to the, our customers, which are the developers, how they uh, feel about our product, how we can improve. But the core part, the overall architect, the overall direction is from the the founder so so um, to answer the question also um, so there's a company that I'm consulting with uh, they are a blockchain company so they're trying to create an interoperable uh, blockchain with other many blockchains and so they have uh, patented their technology and so uh, what they did is they had a patent but also the architecture was not put in place together so there's a bunch of information put together right 
So uh, I sat with them, uh, looked at what they already had in place. They actually did hire somebody else to do that who wasn't familiar with the blockchain space. So it made it really hard. So they didn't have what they really wanted. So I sat with them for about three weeks. We sat down, uh, basically designed their architecture. So in terms of like the flow of what this product needs to do and who is the person who's going to interact with the platform until the transaction is done, um, you've got to have somebody else who's maybe like a CTO or somebody who's technical enough to understand how to put this, uh, what they call, pieces together. So the architecture is, it, for someone to build a really good architecture, you have to understand product as well. So I've, I've been at companies that had, like, you know, when I joined, I had 20 people. And so the, like, solution architecture, roadmap, planning, like, market research was, like, one of the founders and maybe a biz dev person leading that. And then they grow up and they build up a product management capacity and they bring in other folks to take over that role as they get, you know, grow mature in their own start in their own um, capabilities as a CEO and CTO and founder, et cetera. Um, and so I, it's, I think it's stage dependent. And so like, you know, a, you know, a sample in time where we're at with metrics, like, you know, as the director of program management, I own the roadmap. What I do to like make that to make sure that we're aligned as a company is bringing people across the whole business unit to um, understand the needs that we have, but that's led by a vision that the founders are providing. Right. Um, and then and you're and you're building the case, right? You're building the case with your validation and your testing and your um, your stats and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's there's moments in time where like you know when I started, it was like, man, we don't have any user research. Who's doing our user research? Okay, well, I have to go do that if it's going to get done. Okay, well, we get big enough that we can hire a user researcher. So now it's a full-time position that somebody's doing your user research on our behalf. We're not outsourcing it. We're not trying to do it ad hoc. Like, so, like, it's it, again, it comes back to, like, classic startup. Like, it's, you know, there, there's nothing magical there. It's, like, it's each stage as you grow, you identify that need. of like, okay, cool. Well, the founder is doing this. They can no longer do it because we've scaled too big, so let's bring somebody in to do that. Or, you know, I was, you know, I had a dev team of this size, you know, somewhat small, and then so I could do product management and technical program management. Well, we got too big, so now we need to hire technical program managers to do right. that so I can do the product stuff. Like, you know, whatever iteration that looks like. I think each company has to answer that for themselves, mm -hmm. and I've never been a place where that wasn't true. I don't know if that's a satisfactory answer to it, but yeah, I think that's it's stage dependent. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Okay. Uh, my question was around maturity. Of the space and ecosystem, you mentioned that there is a lot of uh, change, uh, changes in the space, so yeah. like regulation, policy, and then SDKs and technology overall, right? Yeah. I'm a software developer, but why would I be interested in integrating or finding use cases with your APIs and all, and all the different APIs, all the uh, blockchain technology, if it's going to change next month, right? Like, when is the ecosystem going to mature that we can have more apps like uh, Lolly, right? Like, or, or cool apps like them. Then you have an ecosystem that's really evolving, and developers are excited about working with those technologies. Do you see that changing in the, in the near term, or? Um, I'll, I'll give a short answer. Is that I I think the like the iteration is good and healthy is what makes the ecosystem better, and you don't get to stable unless you go through the iteration. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be pioneers who are see a use case, see an application to technology. It's not like the technology might be there today, but they're motivated to advance it to the next level to, and they're willing to adopt it and go through that adoption curve because they see some benefit on the other side of it. And then, you know, at some point it becomes 
you know, commoditized and everybody can make use of it. And there's a standard one way to do things that everybody accepts, but um, that's not usually where the opportunity is. I think usually the opportunity is in the, the muddy, like, beginning of it all. And like, if that doesn't excite you, it's blockchain's probably not the place to be. Um, but if it does, if that's what gets you out of bed in the morning and you're excited to work on it and you're like, cool, we integrated that coin last week and they just re released their next update and it breaks everything. <laughs> okay, let's go do it. Like if, like, if that is what is exciting to you, it's a good place to be. Um, like as a platform company, like providing our own APIs, certainly we don't strive to introduce that type of churn. <laughs> Because like you, nobody wants to do that. But like as a, on the receiving end of it, you kind of have to accept it a bit. And so like you know, because we have you know a customer base that is relying on our APIs, that when we make changes, like we telecast them, we give them lots of time to adopt, et cetera. Like because we we're building a company that relies on us. But you know the underpinnings and like connections to these various chains and wallets. Like man, I could tell you about. <laughs> Stories, um, you know, I don't, you know, you don't want to throw any particular, you know, you know, a project under the bus, but like, you know, a lot of these projects have, you know, a pretty small development team. They're like, they've got their vision. They're going to go try to change the world in their particular way. And for us, we're consuming their API. And, you know, sometimes they don't get it right on the first time. Sometimes they don't get it right on the third time. And so we just have to be willing to roll with that because we see the larger benefit for the ecosystem. We see the value in providing those services to our customers. And they're getting value out of that, so we pay that cost and that pain so that other folks don't have to. Because blockchain's hard. Like, integrating with these blockchain pieces are hard. And, like, for mm -hmm. us, the chief value that Bitrix provides is that we abstract a lot of that away. So if you want to build something on top of blockchain, you want to be able to do deposits withdrawals to, you know, 250 coins, we have the platform you can do that with. And you don't have to think about all that blockchain integration because we're doing that for you. But that comes at a cost. And we've decided that that is a really good business to be into. And so that's why we're there. Well, everybody, thank you so much for being on the panel. Let's give our panelists a big round of applause, please. Uh, and we like to end with a question from the panelists uh, to the audience. Does someone have a question that they want to ask the audience and have them think through as they leave and continue to, to talk and network? I have a question then. Unless, do you have one? Go. No, no. Go. Um, you know, I would say, what's the self-learning that you're going to do after this type of conversation to kind of evolve and think through either the next steps at your current role in a blockchain place or, you know, if you evolve to uh, a different uh, organization? Thank you for listening to the TF Blockchain Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and also follow us on social media for announcements on upcoming conferences, events, recordings, and news. Please review and rank our podcast so we can continue to spread awareness of blockchain, Bitcoin, and crypto. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning, keep growing, and keep building.